0: Hello everyone and welcome to Where R.A. Now, a podcast dedicated to catching up with former RAs and hearing where their journey of life has taken them since their glory days at New York University. I'm tonight's co-host Ari Reich from Spokane, Washington, and I'm studying mathematics and game theory in Gallatin and an RA at Reuben Hall.
1: And I'm Tom Ellett, the other co-host, and I serve as the Senior Associate Vice President of Student Affairs.
0: Welcome Ari yeah, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be on this podcast with you.
1: We're glad to have you. So, Ruben Hall, the hottest place on campus.
0: Yeah, that's what they tell me. But, you know, it's gotten a lot cooler these past few weeks. I've been enjoying it very much.
1: Second time around as an RA? Mhm. Any difference this year from last?
0: You know, outside of the changes in building leadership team and staff, it's pretty much the same, and I'm very glad for that. You know, there's a reason I came back a second time, so that happy is, it's been great. That is true.
1: So, you're also known on campus for supporting leadership, and how do you do that?
0: Yeah, so my main way to do that is I'm actually the president of the Torch Chapter of the National Residence Hall Honorary, or NRHH.
1: Which does what for our students?
0: Yeah, so NRHH is a premier honorary for student leaders on campus, so we pull in some of the top leaders across all of NYU within residential life and provide leadership opportunities for them within the organization.
1: And it's the 1% of student leaders. Yeah,
0: we frame ourselves as, you know, the top 1% of student leaders on campus, so it's a... Very, very great group of very dedicated people.
1: And there's some things called OTMs and OTYs. What, mm-hmm. what are they?
0: Yeah, so OTMs are our of-the-month awards. Basically, you know, if somebody on campus has gone above and beyond, we allow other people on campus to write a quick nomination for them saying, you know, this individual has done great work this month and they deserve to be recognized. OTYs are just of the years, which is an extended version of that across the entire year.
1: And getting great kudos from our regional association from time to time for the OTYs.
0: That's right. You know, in NRHH, we're affiliated with the Northeast Affiliate of College and University Residence Halls, or NEACUR, and all of our winning OTMs are sent off to there, and they typically do very well. We have some amazing authors and amazing individuals here at New York University who represent us well.
1: And I bet you tonight's guest may have won one of those awards.
0: Oh, really?
1: Let's find out.
0: Let's do it. Today, our guest is Juan Espinal, who served as an RA in 3rd North for Chris Stipic, Stacey Ulrich, and Sharmila Prasad during the 2010-2012 academic years. Welcome, Juan, and thank you for joining us on today's show. It's a real pleasure having you on. How are you?
2: Aloha. Good to hear from you all. I'm doing very well today. I got to wake up early. I've been getting myself back in my routine, going to the gym before starting to teach. I'm a teacher, actually, on the island of Hawaii. I teach in South Kona at an elementary school called Kona Wine Elementary. I'm a fifth grade teacher. Actually, right now that y'all call me, I was just letting you know school has just let out, which is a really cool time to kind of see your classroom and and, and see it empty. It's actually a really interesting time to think about everything that you do in there.
1: I bet it is, Juan, and it, it's great to hear your voice. Uh, tell me, first of all, safe from the everything that happened from the um, volcano? That was nuts, man. I mean, definitely a
2: lot to take in. For me, growing up in New York my whole life and having moved out here to Hawaii seven years ago now since I graduated college. What made you go to Hawaii? I actually ended up applying at the tail end of my senior year with Teach for America, which is a nonprofit organization that gets people into neighborhoods that require teachers, so understaffed neighborhoods. And you put preferences, you go through an application process, And I ended up getting an interview with this particular elementary school that I'm actually working at now. And I got the interview. I got the job. I received training over the summer, right before I started teaching in Arizona. And then I moved out. Hawaii and I've been here ever since. It's been a wild experience. What you mentioned earlier, the volcano, our island has grown because of that. We've had volcanic fog everywhere. It's unreal to to be out here in the middle of the Pacific and to see the ocean and see it surround you
0: in this way. So Juan, did you actually choose Hawaii or was that just kind of a sign to you?
2: That's a good question. I actually started off putting preferences like New York, where my family's from, or Los Angeles, where there was a large Latinx population. I thought I'd be there as a Spanish-speaking graduate. It turns out that I got placed in Hawaii, and Hawaii was all my preferences, but actually a good thing I came out here, here in South Kona where I teach, there's a growing population of Mexican migrant workers that have been migrating over here, and their kids go to our schools, but we don't necessarily have the people that can speak the language. So it's interesting that now I'm here and you kind of find a niche wherever you're at.
1: Tell us a little bit about your time at Washington Square, Juan. What were you involved in? It's interesting to think about that because I'm so far removed from Washington
2: Square Park now. But when I think back to it, best memories I ever remember were just being in Washington Square Park, just exactly that park. And I've been back and I've been back since I graduated. But something about the colors don't seem as bright as that time when I was in college there. Like, I could just remember staying on the lawn, listening to music, being played from all different angles, and just eating like a falafel that was $2.50. While I was there, man, I was busy just trying to stay with friends and, and definitely trying to work, man. Like, just trying to work internships. I went to school for journalism and political science, And I was always trying to work at journalism angle and just trying to get in wherever I could to get some experience, which is funny because now I don't do anything with journalism necessarily.
0: Yeah, Juan, were you involved with any, you know, extracurriculars that involved journalism or political science while you were there? I I had a lot of jobs, like RA. I also worked in some
2: offices here and there. But the internships kind of stuck with me, that real world examples that you kind of get into the workplace. I worked for New York Amsterdam News, which is uh, the New Black View, which is the the oldest Black newspaper in America, which is interesting for me because as someone who was not identified as Black, man, it, it just opened up my mind in a whole different way and made me realize that stories are told in lots of different ways. I also had another internship with BET, Black Entertainment Television, which is interesting because I thought it would be a really big, glamorous job And when I got into the office, I realized that it wasn't necessarily, which opened up my mind to the fact that everything isn't always what it seems.
1: So do you teach that lesson to your students?
2: In my own way, I would say definitely try and teach like I'm on a whole different level. I teach 10 year olds now and you do have to teach them like maybe that kid didn't hit you or didn't take your lunch because maybe something is going on or maybe that you feel like they're bullying you because you actually did something mean to them in the first place. So trying to think about these kids' problems and trying to have them open up their minds and be more flexible is definitely something that I learned in that experience that now I try and bring into the classroom so that my kids or my students now are more thoughtful and they're complex problem solvers, you know?
0: Did you know when you were at New York University that you would want to be an RA?
2: I did not. I absolutely did not. And I bet if you ask Chris Stipek, he would tell you the same thing. Unfortunately, I think when you get a lot of freshmen in New York City, you're bound to have some troubles and some growing pains is what I'd like to call it. And boy, I definitely had some growing pains at Third North. I had to definitely have some pretty serious conversations with Chris about my choices in the dorms. I never thought that I would be on the opposite side of that where I'm actually the one enforcing the rules in the dorms. But after I started doing it, man, it just seemed to make a lot of sense. And it's funny that now I'm a teacher. It seems to make even more sense that I had had been
0: an, an RA. It seems like you didn't know that you were gonna end up being in the RA role throughout your undergrad. So did you know that you would want to be a teacher or did you just, you know, end up falling into that as well?
2: I'd say that's kind of like the theme of my life is, is follow a passion as it goes. Um, it's something I've been learning about in the ocean out here. I've been getting into canoe paddling. And one thing I learned is that you can't fight the ocean in the same way you can't fight what's happening around you. And you have to ride it and you have to work with it. So I think I definitely did not know I was going to be a teacher. And even the Teacher America program is a two-year commitment. And I'm sitting here talking to you all on my seventh year right now teaching. I think it's super interesting. I definitely never really know exactly where I'm going to go but I would definitely agree with you that 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 was something I kind of wrote out.
1: It's really impressive in terms of your learning. Can you share a little bit about what you took from the RA position and you implement and you bring into your day-to-day work as a teacher?
2: One skill that I definitely take with me is being humble. I would say that's like the biggest thing I take with me every single day because especially when you work with people, it's very easy to assume things and it's very easy to assume when you're in power or a position of, of, of leadership, that you know better. And you may think that you understand why someone made a decision or why a resident is doing something or not doing something. But when you get down to it and you really get to know them, you understand that things are a lot more complex than they seem. And I think it really rings true with kids too. Like I could get very upset with my students because they're not doing their homework. But then you might find out that that student isn't eating dinner when they go home. And that's why they're not doing their homework. And it's like, when you start to really know more, you start to really understand what you don't know. And I think that humbleness is, is something that I'm so grateful for. And I'm, I was extremely grateful to learn about it through that experience of being an RA.
1: I wish you were one of my
0: teachers, <laughs> truly. Yeah, Juan, you you know you talk about how being humble has really helped you kind of connect with people, especially in your role as a teacher. So it makes me wonder, what kind of relationships did you have with your residents when you were an RA?
2: I like to think I had a very real, down to earth relationship. I never felt like I was above anybody, even though you do have your own like room, especially at Third North, if it's still the same way. You get your own bedroom. You're in a position of power, literally. But I never really wanted to take it that way. I always wanted to kind of have an open door. There would be some people that would come by my space and just talk story and just talk about what's going on in their life. My second year being an RA, I was on, I think, the seventh floor of the South Tower in 3rd North. And I transformed that floor and I said... This floor is now an art gallery.
1: The entire floor. Tell us about what, yeah, yeah. What, tell us about this art gallery.
2: You know what? It started off as a passion because I love making art myself, visual art myself, and I just started putting up some of my artwork. And I put a sign up that said, "If you want to put anything up here, go for it. This is an open gallery. Just be respectful. That's all." In my life, I've never, ever, ever, ever done anything like that. And I haven't done anything quite since that. And it actually makes me think I want to do more like that. The artwork that showed up was just awesome, man. These people on this floor were just hanging out with each other, making artwork, putting it up, all different types, you know, and no one tore down anyone's artwork. And by the end of the year, it was covered floor to ceiling around the whole hallway. And if you've ever been on 7 South, you know, it's a little bit smaller of a hallway. So we didn't have to cover as much real estate. But that place was covered with artwork, and it was awesome to see because it was all original artwork. Some of it actually became a little bit of an interesting problem, like whether or not I should censor students. And I chose not to censor any of their artwork. Nothing got completely out of hand, but there was a couple situations where we had to have a discussion about the artwork. And it was just so interesting to see when you give people space, they'll fill it up. I think that was like echoed the relationship I tried to have with my residents It was one of just humbleness, it was one of equity, it was one of this is their space too. Hopefully it always happened, but I also know that there were a lot of people on my floors I didn't know that well. And I wish I took time to get to know more and to help them out more.
0: Fantastic. That's really cool. You know how that art gallery ended up being like this free exchange of ideas and creativity between the residents and you, which must have been one of the highlights that you had at NYU. But outside of that, what do you think was the best aspects of attending NYU for you?
2: NYU is the only place that you can experience New York City that way. In my opinion, it is the capital of the world. It is where we come from. This idea of being human comes from, in, in my opinion. And again, that's, that's, that's a New Yorker speaking. So you got to take that with a grain of salt. But in my opinion, having seen Honolulu, having seen Accra, having seen a couple different places around the world, I just don't think there's any city That is like New York City. And the thing about New York City that makes it that is the people. Just the grit that you have to have to live there in the wintertime. And the kindness you have to have to be able to just overlook the smells in the city. And be able to have a real life-to-life conversation with a person anywhere and everywhere. It gives you this perspective, this worldly perspective in this little tiny square footage of a place that's unlike anywhere else. And it doesn't look like anywhere else to me. And, and to be able to be a college kid, because the thing about being a college kid is that people are, are more forgiving of you and people are more willing to open up to you as almost a mentor. So to be able to have access to a city that is full of people who are gritty and real and let them know that you're a student and trying to learn, the people that I met there that were willing to teach me, man, it was so cool. And I go back there as an adult now and it's different. It's a lot colder. It's a lot it's a lot more closed off to me now. But at that time, that's when you wanna be in the city. I think that's when you really wanna be in there and just getting your hands dirty with everything that that city has to offer.
1: You have captured it, no question.
0: Oh, for sure. I miss it. We're gonna move on to the speed round here. So I'm gonna ask you just five questions, rapid fire. Let's get going. So first question, did you go abroad at all while you were at NYU?
2: For one week. I went to Accra with Frankie Adosian and Anthony, and we went over there for the journalism program over spring break. And it was so, so cool. It was so cool to see Accra in Ghana.
0: Nice. What did you think was the best dining hall at NYU?
2: I would say Hayden because of their vegan chocolate pudding with the banana in the middle. But realistically, I would have to say Third North because there's nothing, and I repeat, nothing like rolling out of bed and having all-you-can-eat buffet right underneath.
0: Best <laughs> place to go in
1: New York City.
0: The West Side Highway,
1: the Greenway,
2: taking that all the way up to Harlem.
0: Who is your favorite NYU teacher?
2: I forgot his name and I feel terrible now. Who's my journalism professor. Well, there's two journalism professors. It was Jason Samuels, who had the honors program, and then there was another man, I feel terrible that I forgot about him.
1: Any shout outs to any RA alums that you stay in contact with?
2: I just recently sent an Instagram message to Max Chavez about some food he was eating. It looked really good. That's most of my communication is on Instagram because no one's been willing to come to Hawaii just yet.
0: They will.
1: <laughs> I'm sure.
0: Juan, we want to thank you so much for, you know, spending some time with Tom and me to discuss your journey and where your life after NYU has taken you. As always, thanks to our listeners who can stay connected with RA alums who are living the dream school alumni version of life.
1: Juan, I love your energy, your humbleness, and your passion. Those are things that people envy, and, and I'm certainly envious of you in having those qualities. So. Thank you so much for being on with us tonight, truly.
2: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I just want to say thank you for your time
1: and your energy. And I, I remember all the energy you put into them as well. Like your blog, what are they reading? I, I still read them. I, what, what's your favorite book, Juan? Do you remember? I think mine at the time was Life of Pi. I thought that was such a cool book. Great book. And it's interesting that's your favorite book because you talked about canoeing earlier.
2: Oh yeah, you're right, you're right. I just want to make a, a quick plug. If you're interested, actually, we just went live today. My my roommates, who are also teachers, if you want to hear more thoughts on teaching, we just started a podcast called Maestro's Vibe, and we're live right now. So definitely appreciate everything y'all do, and, and hopefully you listen up if you get a chance.
1: You plugged it, and thank you so much. Let me give special thanks to my engineer, Juliana Fonseca-Alesso, and to the current professional staff and alums of NYU, like Chris Tippick, Stacey Ulrich, who did great jobs developing great RAs like Juan and how assisted them in getting skill acquisition along the way. If you like the show, look for more content on the website. And if you want to know RA's favorite books like Juan just talked about, go to whatthey'rereading.blogspot.com. And finally, feel free to tweet at me. Until next time, think about how you will have passion and commitment to making your communities better.